Hey there, I'm Graham, and you're listening to the Sales Nerds Live podcast. Everything that we're focused on is really helping to elevate, promote, and empower women within the field of sales. So we host a lot of educational content, events. We talk about really tactical things. We talk about all kinds of topics and just a really open and inclusive community with a lot of wonderful people. On today's episode of Sales Nerds Live, host Graham Collins welcomes Alexine Mudawar, the CEO of Women in Sales. Alexine's story career in tech sales began 10 years ago when she quickly earned the number one seller title. She's since received national recognition such as LinkedIn Top Sales Voice and Salesforce Top Sales Influencer, among many more. Today, Graham and Alexine discuss the profound impacts of sales mentorship both as a mentee and as a mentor. Let's dive in. Sales Nerds Live is brought to you by your friends at Quotapath. Quotapath removes the manual lift out of sales commissions by automating the compensation process. We calculate and track your team's commissions, prepare them for payouts, and even give your reps the ability to forecast attainment and future earnings. We're the only solution loved by reps, leadership, and finance. Come nerd out with us on Sales Nerds Live. And I believe we are live. I, I'm, I'm never sure, but I, uh, I believe we are. Welcome, everyone. Um, I know, exactly. So welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's episodes of Sales Nerds Live. Um, as always, I'm Graham Collins, Chief of Staff, Interim VP of Sales, and Resident Sales Nerds at, Nerd at Quotapath. And I'm collecting titles, if anybody has any that they can uh, throw my way. Today, we will be talking through the power of mentorship in sales with Alexine Mudawar, CEO of Women in Sales. Alexine's storied career in tech sales began 10 years ago when she quickly earned the number one seller title. She's since gone on to receive national recognitions such as LinkedIn's top sales voice, Salesforce top sales influencer, among many others. A lot of uh, a lot of the word sales in there, which I'm, I'm curious to dig into. But um, she's both a mentor and a mentee today, and we will dive into the profound impact of sales mentorship. Welcome, Alexine. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on today. Yeah, great to have you. Well, so uh, to kick us off here, Alexine, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and your background and, and what you're working on. So as you mentioned, you know, a large background in sales. Um, I've spent the last decade uh, plus now in uh, specifically in enterprise sales for startups. And as of end of last year, I actually went full time on my own. So I am a brand new CEO, still in my CEO infancy, um, but very much still in a sales role, which I learned uh, that when you move to CEO, the title changes and it's very exciting, but you actually still continue to be a seller. So uh, so I still feel like an AE, not much has changed, but I got to, much like you, Graham, I got to inherit all these other fun titles like chief administrative officer and, and lots of things like that. So, uh, so yeah, it's been quite the journey. Tell us a little bit about a, a little bit about women in sales. Yeah. So women in sales was founded um, just over two years ago. Uh, we've grown really rapidly since our audience has now grown to over 12,000 folks. So just continuing to kind of snowball here, but everything that we're focused on is really helping to elevate, promote and empower women within the field of sales. And we know that, in order for us to make that type of progress, we also need to keep men engaged in the conversation. So we host a lot of educational content, events, um, all centered around sales. We talk about really tactical things. We talk about all kinds of topics and um, just a really open and inclusive community with a lot of wonderful people. So I feel very honored to to be part of it. And we'll we'll talk a little bit at the end of how, of how folks can, can join and find out more. But um, so... 
Obviously, you love sales. Well, I say you obviously love sales. You know, you, it sounds like kind of much to your chagrin, you're into like an AE style role, even as a CEO, but um, and growing businesses, and you've been very successful at it. So, what is it about sales and entrepreneurship that drives you? First and foremost, maybe there's something wrong with me. I think sales is incredibly just fun and exciting and exhilarating and infuriating. It's all the things all at once. I'm someone that gets um, bored really easy. So this is a great field for me because there is something new every single day. There's always a new challenge. There's always something unexpected. There's a conversation that you know I, I didn't know was going to take place or an introduction being made. So sales for me has always been... Um, just this like really wild ride of like, I never know what each day is going to entail. I never know what I'm walking into. Um, but it's just a fun time. And I think it's just so incredibly rewarding. You know, of course you think about the financial side and the upside is just, you know, unlimited essentially. Um, but then also this ability to connect with others, to connect with other business owners and learn about their challenges is it's just so incredibly rewarding to, to have those connections and see where those lead over time. Yeah. And that's that's an important thing that I feel like is missed a lot of the time in sales is that you can, as long as you're selling something that you feel is is good and, and you're you're passionate about, um, you can actually feel like you're helping a um a business and you feel like you're actually like making an impact on another company. Um, you know, I, I feel like sales is oftentimes um, or another person, I guess, you know, sales is sometimes given as this like negative thing about like, you know, used car salespeople, but um I feel like that that's a big thing of like solving somebody else's problem um, using a solution that you offer um, that gets not really talked about a ton. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, honestly, for me, it's changed so much because I think when I was growing up, I didn't really know that sales was a career path. Like it wasn't really talked about. And the example that was used was always that the used car salesperson. And I was like, I don't want to sell used cars. Um, And so the reality is now I think sales has become a really amazing career. And I have a lot of people who have actually come around from different industries now and they're trying to get into sales 10 years later. And, and so I really see this as a highly respectable career. I think especially when we're talking about technology in the space that I feel really passionately about that I know you, I'm sure, feel passionately about too. And this is a really well-respected career and and we're starting to see people from other industries starting to take notice and wanting to come our way too, which is yeah. Which is exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's certainly exciting. Well, so an important component of, of today's topic and, and also important component of sales is sales mentorship. I feel like a salesperson can be steered down the wrong path or the right path. And a lot of that has to do with the, the mentorship because there aren't necessarily, I mean, I think recently they're becoming more of them, but like college courses in sales. And so a lot of it comes from those, those mentors. So First, I want to talk about you as a, a mentee. How has mentoring helped your career um, in in both in sales and also as a CEO, a baby CEO? I believe you said. Yeah, infancy. I don't infancy. know. Oh, like that's I what I said. title. Um, uh, yeah, CEO V one. Um, so yeah, I mean, so mentorship for me on the mentee side, you know, has been such an incredible opportunity to get access to people who have really walked the walk, who have been through what I'm going through. And now, of course, that's evolved again. You know, now I'm going AE to CEO. So there's people that have walked this walk. There are people that walk the CEO, the AE walk as well. Um, what's really interesting is my very first 
uh, mentor, I guess, officially on paper was actually the CFO of one of my organizations. And the reason we got connected was because I would write these, uh, we laugh about it, but I would write these like 20 page business plans of how I was going to hit my quota every year. And they were so detailed and so nerdy, perfect for the show. Uh, And just to a degree where like half the leaders I had didn't even want to read it. They were like, this is so aggressive. Like, I don't even know where to start with this. But I remember I would, you know, in my naivety, I guess, as like early 20 something, I would like take this around to the leaders at the company and give them a copy. And I was like, if you have a chance to read it or provide any insight and feedback, let me know. And so my CFO at the time actually got hold of his and he's like, I did read it. And he's like, I'd like to go to lunch and let's sit down and talk about it. And I was so excited because it was the first person who ever expressed interest in like, you know, going through it with me. And I was kind of like sitting back in my chair. I was like, I'm just getting ready for a bunch of compliments because I wrote this 20 page business plan. And all I see is he like opens it up and he's like, page one, this goal, it doesn't have a date in mind. So this is not specific enough. This one, this is not detailed enough. So I don't really truly know like how you're going to achieve this. And that was like page one. And then we had 20 pages of this. <laughs> and by the end, I was like, oh my God, like what just happened? We just, he tore my business plan apart. But what he was doing was mentoring me. And so what we did was we actually went back through the business plan. We went through, I put in dates, I put in tangible goals. I put in goals in between the goals. So I wasn't doing these moonshot goals with nothing in between. And we started to actually suss out. And that year I ended up being our top sales rep. I 3X'd our our, uh, historic top sales number that had ever been done as a company. Um, And it was just this incredible success story. And with that, you know, that was just like my entry point into mentorship. So I think, you know, one of the things with mentorship, I I think gets misconstrued sometimes is that you have to like actively seek out people. And I think sometimes you do, but sometimes things happen really organically. And that's actually been more of my experience is I've done certain things or showed up in certain places or talked to certain people. And then those mentor relationships start to almost organically come about in really beautiful ways. And so that's that's actually been more of my experience. But of course, through that, um, ultimately driven better results, been able to kind of climb to higher titles, been able to move companies more easily and had introductions at those companies. So the so the reward afterward has been just incredible. That's great. That's great. And and that that's where I was going to go with this is, is you talked a little bit about how you got in, got that first mentor and, and and subsequent mentors. And so if somebody's listening and they don't have who they feel like is a, a strong mentor, you know, maybe they have a mentor, but not necessarily a strong mentor. And um, how can they go out and find those people, even if it's not inside your own company? It's a lot easier. You can Slack somebody, you can text somebody within your own company, but how do you actually find somebody outside of your company? So this is going to sound like a really obvious fluffy answer, but it's not show up to where those people are. So my main mentor I've talked about really publicly is Amy Volus. And so we got introduced actually through an old colleague who was like, hey, I know both of you, you guys have this weird energy that's really similar. And I think you two are going to connect. And so she saw something there. The goal wasn't for that introduction to be like a mentor-mentee relationship. It was just to introduce two people. And What ended up happening was I started to follow along with what she was doing. I watched what places she was going. I watched where she was participating, what events she was showing up to. And so I started to kind of, and I commented on like content that she was posting. I intook the stuff she was writing. And so it created like almost this like 
shadow effect where I was kind of like going the places where she was going and intaking the information that she was putting out to where it almost became like a non-conversation that like, of course, I'll kind of take you under my wing. Like you've been doing all these things. And I actually, at one point, you know, when Thursday night sales was in existence, I was head of community for her community for that even. And so I think there's just these ways in which you can sort of be where people are. And it doesn't mean it has to be physically. You can also like show up to the content they're putting out on LinkedIn, share some of that out, talk about relevant takeaways, some of the easiest ways to connect with people that you don't know well are to actually like read one of their articles and pull out two or three learnings, send a note and just be like, hey, here are like two or three things that really connected with me as I was reading this piece you wrote, this and this. This has definitely been my experience. You're softening a future ask if you do want to see if that person wants to become a mentor. But it's a lot more natural than if someone who I've never met, I've never seen their name comes out of left field and it's just like, hey, can you mentor me? I'm like, I don't I don't even know what that means. Do I, Am I going to be talking to you every single day? That could be a lot. And so I think kind of showing up and having this like lighter introduction is is a really healthy way to start those relationships too. That's great. That's awesome. And and so when it comes to, I, I guess, finding a mentor, that makes sense. Flipping the Flipping it around, do you feel like you mentor other people? Are you a are you a mentor in addition to a mentee? And I, I'm going to screw that up every time I, I try to talk about it. But yeah, so I do. And what's interesting is I almost feel like it's a similar DNA to how I'm being mentored today. Like it's, it's like this un, almost unspoken, like I know that I'm mentoring. I have a subset of people that I know that I'm directly mentoring. We don't necessarily like call it that or talk about it often. Like some of these are more private relationships where we just have our own kind of cadence and communication style that works for us. And then I have this other concept, which I'm starting to call like mentorship at scale, which is more of that community side. Because I think about like the 12,000 people over on the women in sales side, like how could I possibly mentor 12,000 people do even those 12,000 people want to be mentored by me, maybe not. And so how do I um, start to create like more of that, like mentorship at scale. And so there's kind of like two elements to that, but that's really where, as I think about like who I'm mentoring, that's where I reside is between those two places. That's great. And and I I definitely want to dig into the mentorship at scale and how you do that. And and what that looks like here in a second, but, but first I want to talk a little bit about mentorship for women in sales. And so Why do you feel like mentorship is specifically important for women who work in sales? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of reasons. You know, I've been very public when I talked about this, but when I started in tech sales over 10 years ago, I was one of the only women on the team. And then subsequently, I went to different startups and I helped them launch enterprise at a lot of those companies. And what I realized was that part never really changed. I was always kind of one of the only women on the team at every single company and that the pattern just sort of repeated itself. And so um, what was interesting is when there were kind of like internal mentorship programs, um, sometimes I would just get matched with someone because they were like a woman, like not that we had like anything in common or any similar goals or our personalities were saying, it was just like, oh, we have one one woman who works somewhere at our company. So we're going to match you two. And so it kind of like became this thing where some of it almost felt like inauthentic or almost like we were being matched because of that. I don't know. It's just such a an important thing for women who are less represented on these teams already to have resources. And what that means is people from different departments can step up. Like that CFO was an incredible mentor to me early on in my career, and he was able to help me think about goal setting completely differently. So I think this idea 
of like who the mentor should be, we can kind of break up, break out of that box a little bit because I think we can change that. Um, but I think it's important for women in this field to see other women who are successful, to be able to learn from their stories, to be able to hear some of the challenges so that they don't feel alone. Um, there are certain things that are unfortunately like sexual harassment, things of that nature that uh, that many women in this field have faced. And if you don't have someone else who has walked that path or has been through those experiences, it's really hard to understand and know how to approach those situations even like what if something like this happens like what do you even do so I think there's just so many reasons it's incredibly critical and I think another component that's just starting to come out which I'm really excited about is we're also starting to talk about money amongst one another too so when we think about mentorship there's all these different layers to it Um, but of course when we're mentoring people we also want to talk about like the financial component so really this year and last year were the first years at which even my own mentees are starting to be really transparent with numbers with me. And as soon as I heard the numbers, it was frankly like really appalling. And I was like, these are way off from like where you should be. And it's almost like disappointing because I wish we would have had the conversation sooner. And so now, you know, some of my mentees, I'm working with them to like restructure comp and write letters internally to their team on like how they should renegotiate their comp. Um, or I'm helping them move out of those organizations where they are being underpaid. And so there's a lot in there. It's a it's a big question. But all this to say, I think like mentorship in and of itself allows you to broach these topics where you don't have familiarity and where they are really difficult and, and sometimes taboo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, comp is one that, that I spend a lot of time talking about, yes. which obviously, <laughs> but um, one of the things that I've uh, really latched onto is standardization of compensation plans. And, and um, you know, every person on my sales team knows how much every person on my sales team is making because the comp is standardized. And like, this is your role. This is your base. This is your variable. This is your quota. And it's all standardized. And because of that, we don't have, and, and, and not only that, but it's like, this is how you get promoted. These are the things that you need to do to get promoted. And because of that, we, um, we don't necessarily have that that structure in place. Now, there are, of course, other issues with, within um, you know, sales organizations in general when it comes to yeah. gender disparity. But um, one thing is standardizing those comp plans because if you have different comp plans for every person, on average, you underpay women and people, of, and people of color. Um, they get paid less than men and white people. People who look like me are the people who, who get paid the highest amount and not because of my merits, but because of just societal norms. And so by standardizing that, it's an organizational wide thing when it comes to compensation. And yeah. And it's it's not just the financial component either. It's like, what are the other things you could no- negotiate? Like we've, we haven't even really started to dig into like stock options and other benefits and how do you negotiate more leave? How do you talk about other, you know, other areas within the plan, education budget? Like that's something I always negotiated was was getting like a higher education budget because I love going to conferences. So I'm like, I'm going to need maybe quadruple what other people on the team are going to need, but I'll make really good use of it. Things like a signing bonus as well. And so even though like, you know, like your organization where you do have those structured kind of um, pay set pay uh, for each of these individuals, there even are things outside of that that other folks on the team might be negotiating that others might not be. And so that's part of the work for me and takes us into like more of the mentorship at scale side is where am I identifying those gaps and conversations with people and hearing them talk about these themes and how can we promote and create educational content around those 
Um, so like next month, Max Pashman, like one big topic they kept coming up was this idea of equity and stock options and people don't understand what they are and they're like potentially taking lower pay because of them. And so we're literally doing an educational event a a month from today on just equity and stock options. And so that's the type of thing when I'm thinking about what content is out there and how can we kind of get this out to people. It's the listening and figuring out what are the gaps that exist today and then matching that with educational content so that we can fill those gaps. And that kind of, I have a feeling that that will shoehorn into the mentorship at scale. Like what, what does mentorship at scale look like and how are you doing that with the audience of over 12,000 people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's the honest answer is it's challenging because there is like a sense of guilt sometimes that like, I'm not going to be able to meet one-on-one with people. And I get messages every single day asking for one-on-one coaching sessions. It's not a service I provide today. So the closest that I can do with the schedule, with running every role within an organization simultaneously is to listen to the community and keep basically a catalog of like, these are the themes we're continuing to see. These are the conversations that continue to come up. Here's where folks are struggling. And how can I marry all those things with either written written content, interviews, webinars, events, uh, inter-community conversations that are more privatized. But that's like part of the work is almost like building this list over here, building this list over here and trying to basically like match things and align them together. And so the honest answer is, I think this idea of mentorship at scale, for me at least, is quite new. And so I don't know totally what the definition is. I think maybe a year from now, I'll have like a really solid concrete definition. But right now, it feels like a big work in progress. But I think the essential idea is how do you take a large scale group of people and basically distill all of the themes and the topics and the ideas and the challenges that everybody's having and sort of propel those into different tracks and educational components that we can then use to arm these same people with knowledge that can take them forward and that they can then share with their mentees. And it starts to create this like amplified effect where this information is getting where it needs to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and it seems like in in my experience, my, what I'm talking specifically about is more of those, the comp plan consulting that I do where I help people think through how to build their compensation plans. But what I came across was each company is slightly unique. Each company is trying to accomplish something different, but they all tend to fall into like a few buckets. It's like, okay, I need help building a quota. I need help building a commission, like a a commission rate. I need help building and determining how frequently my quota should be or what have you. And so while it it, it may not achieve 100% of what somebody is looking for, it's providing 80% of the answer to each one of their questions. Oh, you're negotiating a new uh, job salary or or like to your point, um, stock options. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people have no idea what stock options are. If you can get them 80% of the way there, it may not be the exact number that they have or their strike price or, you know, should I, should I exercise my options or whatnot, but it gives you that education at scale by paying attention to what, you've seen time and time again. So that's that's a, a an interesting way of approaching the mentorship at scale, for sure. Yeah. And how much more powerful is that if I'm someone that is looking for a mentor today and I have these specific topics that I'm struggling with, and now I've done 80% of the research, it's kind of like our buyer journey, we're 80%, whatever of the way there. And now I'm coming to you and I'm saying, hey, Alexine, 
Um, I'm really stuck uh, struggling with the idea of fair compensation. Here's the research that I did. Here's some of the understanding that I have. Now I'm looking for this additional 20%. Is this an area in which you and I could work together and you could provide um, some insight and some instruction on? Now that becomes like such an easier and more specific ask for me as a mentor, um, because I think that's part of the biggest challenge about these mentor-mentee relationships is it's very intimidating to get these messages sometimes where it's just like, can you mentor me? And, and there's no specificity or like, uh, topics or anything. It's just kind of like, it feels like, oh my God, I'm taking this person under my wing. And if they fail, I fail. We're both going down together. Whereas if you're like, hey, I'm just trying to get better at this one particular area um, to start, then that becomes an easier ask. And then we can build on that as you continue. You know, now we've kind of figured out this. Now can we move over to stock options and equity? Now can we move over to this area? Maybe that's not an area as a mentor that I'm an expert in. So now I can put you in touch with the next person and they take you take you up the ladder a little bit further. So that's really like the idea and where I hope we get to with with this the whole mentorship as a whole and and where people are coming from. Because I think there isn't a lot of great information out there for folks who are looking for mentors and and it can be intimidating to ask and it can be intimidating to receive those asks. Yeah. Absolutely. And and part of that as well as it goes to the, the community is, hey, you may know a lot, everything about one specific thing, but somebody can send a message out in a community and say, you know, very specifically, I have questions around stock options or what have you. I keep going back to that, uh, that <laughs> concept, but there are a lot of different concepts. And so like, these are my specific things. And then you get introduced to somebody who is, is a specific expert on that. So rather than one person being everything on the the mentorship front. It's a lot of uh, kind of micro mentorships. Mm-hmm. Community-based mentoring. Where we kind of create it. the circle effect. See, you're in it now. Yeah. Community-led <laughs> mentorship. See, you got you to put the lead in there somewhere. But um, <laughs> so questions, uh, my, my last three questions for you are coming up on time here. I, I always like to ask folks the same last three questions here. So um, number one is what piece of advice would you give yourself on your first day of your career? If you could go back in time. I feel like I changed my answer to this all the time, by the way, but I, I feel like my biggest piece of advice would have been to keep your head down, just keep your head down, focus, keep your eye on the prize, don't get distracted by what other people are doing or the the numbers board or any of that. Focus on your own results and just keep pushing the pedal to the metal and going forward, thinking about what your goals and what you have in mind. That's great. That's a that's a, a good one. Um, if you weren't doing what you currently do, what would you be doing instead? Or right, we're going in a big, a different direction, but um, interior design. I'm a, okay. a big fan of interior design. I'm very much a collector of items. This is like my newest one, this bookshelf that's like 1970s. Um, and so I love interior design. I think there's something really cool and beautiful about putting a space together and putting your personality into that. So I'm currently working on that at the new office now. So I love it. I love it. That's great. There's a reason my background is blurred because my interior design leaves quite a bit to be desired. So, um, and then lastly, what are you watching, reading, and or listening to right now? Okay. Does it have to be sales related? No, it can be whatever you want. <laughs> this is my, you're going to get my guilty pleasure. Um, I am potentially sick and twisted. I love the podcast Crime Junkie. And my husband will like get in the car and turn it off. He's like, I cannot listen to another 
there's something, I don't know, for whatever reason, like historic, like historic crimes and like, I don't know, they have these episodes on like precedent and different laws that got rolled out and, and different crimes. And I think it's like fascinating and everybody I know thinks it's horrible. So um, I like listening to those. And for whatever reason, it like calms me, which I think is not normal. <laughs> all right crying, it's like uh, number one podcast i guess on apple so i thought there's something wrong with me but then i was like okay that's other right. people are listening to <laughs> other people are, are broken too so that's that's yeah good. we're all broken. <laughs> um, perfect um women in sales i'd love to do a quick plug for that quarter path is a, a proud partner of women in sales i'd love to hear a little bit about women in sales and how people can get involved Yes, we are. You you stole the words from my mouth. We did just start a partnership with Quota Path, which we are so excited about. So we're actually going to be working with your team on some comp things in education in the months ahead, which I'm super stoked about. Um, but for women in sales, there's a couple of places. So our Slack community is a great place to actually get connected, get into our regional channels so that you can know about city-based events and connect with other members. We have our LinkedIn, which is always going to be kind of our main meeting place for all of our upcoming events, any content we're putting out, um, any updates and important announcements. We have a, a, a baby Instagram account that's just kicking off. So you can go there for updates and a little more, more of the social side of things. And then we have a new website that we uh, really just launched and that actually has an events portal now. So you can see all upcoming events and recordings of past events as well through there. So it's www.women-in-sales.com. Excellent. Amazing. And then on our side, obviously, QuotaPath being a, a proud sponsor of Women in Sales, um, QuotaPath.com, we offer a free trial for anybody who wants to automate their entire commission process for RevOps to finance to salespeople. And um, check that out. We also have Compensation Hub, which I, I referenced. I took a lot of the learnings that I did from my 500 plus comp plan consults. And tried to automate it to get people again 80% of the way there. So uh compensation hub comp.quotapath.com. Check that out. Other than that, Alexine, any uh any parting words for us or are we we good to go? I think we're good to go. Happy selling, everyone. Hope to see you in the women in sales community and looking forward to do some events with quota path. So stay tuned for those because I think we are gonna do some very cool events this year. I'm very excited. Excellent. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Bye, y'all.